going into, as I say, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, although you'll be transferred to Jenkins' website, who's carrying the whole load right now. And you can donate to me or buy the books I have for sale on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That, uh, as I say, is, keeps me going. It's very expensive to keep all of this going. And I'll have to get even more sites because if one server pulls the whole lot, which they can do at any time, and they've given me uh, ample proof they can do it, then others can do the same when they get the nod. If you want this kept up there, help me keep it going. If you don't donate, I'll know it's game over. We'll be back in a few minutes after these messages. through the matrix. I let the guitar wail a bit because I'm in a wailing mood tonight because of the, the hassles I get just keeping this going here. There's never, ever a quiet moment. There's never a period of relaxation. It's seven days a week, literally. And the hassle over this weekend, having to transfer everything over to other sites because Yahoo basically, rather than putting on Unlimited, has sent me back for some reason to book seven gigs max for the month. And I couldn't upload the two sites. And they were to- totally bewildered how it happened and how he fixed it. The comments stalled down. That's just since Friday. So you have the creme de la creme at Yahoo trying to figure out this problem. And it's just one big incredible mystery, wasn't it? See, that's what real hassle is. Real hassle when someone's been told to, to create a bit of harassment for you until you get the message they don't like to strong arm tactic you and I had that in the past when these uh, SUVs with the tinted windows would drive up at night when I'm walking the dog with their lights off and just sit 20 feet from you and stare at you and then back all the way back to the main road going backwards putting their lights on and going away night after night that's the this is harassment to threaten you off, you see. And there's plenty of it. Same thing with my telephone calls. They often get dropped. Sometimes you'll hear them clicking away on the lines. As I say, my mail, the paper mail, gets delivered. Just me with a rubber band around them all. Because they've all been read before. Peter Wright talked about that. He worked for MI5. And he said the same thing. He says, you know, the post office has special departments set up where certain people's mail is deep redirected. And they open everything, read it or copy it, and put it in brand new envelopes, new stamps from the world, with rubber stamps too, and send it on its way again. Old, old stuff. that has been going on for an awful long time. Because for every service they have, there's an ulterior motive and the Postal Service, from its inception, was one of them with an ulterior motive. So those of you who are getting a lot out of these talks should certainly help. You keep it going. 
because there is no agenda here. There's no spin. I don't tell you you're going to get anything back or get an old country back or an old system back because I tell you that it can't be done since everything is run on commerce, economics. And since the powers that be who run economics and own most of it decided to uproot all the industry from the Western Hemisphere into China, well, how are you going to make them bring it all back? How are you going to do it? And in economics, if you just have a service economy, you're just passing things around that someone else manufactured. And all wealth comes from labor and manufacture. That's a sad story of the world. So as I say, keep it going by going into cuttingthroughmatrix.com. You'll be redirected and I'm putting other sites up. That costs money. And time, more time to upload on supposedly the fake high speed that I get with satellite upload. I also, by the way, I should mention this too, that I'm on ExploreNet, which is owned by Hughes Corporation, big military boys, because they share the satellite with the military. And I've been getting slow uploads for about a year now or more. And the last letter I got back from them after the last complaint said that you may have exceeded your your bandwidth um, and upload for uploads. They called it, you may have exceeded your fair use policy. Well, they won't tell you what their limit for fair use is. It's up to them, you see. If I was authorized to be speaking out to the people and getting a paycheck on the back or in the back door, I'd have no problems at all. In fact, I'd have all the help I could get. Believe you me. So keep me going. And you know how to donate. You get all the stuff for free. And those who do pay for it, at least keep me going so that thousands who should help out can hear it too. There's also a lot of unemployed people who can't afford it. So you help them to hear it as well. Now, last week I mentioned about the billionaires, the philanthropists, as they love to call themselves, these high Masonic types who were created and brought up to be extremely wealthy people because in reality behind the facade of charity uh, they are social political organizations and what better way to direct a world beyond politics or politicians and parliaments and senates and congresses what better way than to bypass it completely with having massive wealth where you fund huge lobby groups and non-governmental organizations under the guise of charity. As long as you hand a few candies out once in a while, it's under the guise of charity. But I mentioned last week that these boys are all have all to do with eugenics. That's what they're into. They always have been, and they made no bones about it earlier in the 20th century and right through to the 1960s, in fact. But their prime motive was so last week I mentioned that the meeting was held in New York with Bill Gates and Rockefeller, etc. was to do with population reduction. And I saw some of the fake, the good, the good, uh, good old boy write-ups that they had in other newspapers with the nonsense that they were getting together because eccentric, eccentric uh, billionaires um, were 
that money away. This didn't have enough ways to do it. That was a sort of rubbish that the good boys, the good guys who give them the nod and the wink and who stand with the square, were right up for them. But here's the real story here. Billionaire club and bid to curb over, overpopulation. And this is from the Times Online by John Harlow. And it says, some of America's leading billionaires have met secretly to discover, to consider how their wealth could be used to slow the growth of the world's population and speed up improvements in health and education. Now, see, there's your dichotomy right there. They want to curb the growth of the world's population, and we know that most of their money, when you trace it into the United Nations, etc., and all the NGO groups around the United Nations, is into basically family planning or sterilization and abortion. See? So why would they care about your health and your education as a cover, you see? The philanthropists who attended a summit convened on the initiative of Bill Gates, the Microsoft co-founder, discussing uh, or joining forces to overcome political and religious obstacles to change. Well, remember, this is the century of change these boys know what it's really all about, since they and their think tanks planned it. They own governments, these boys. They own them. And everybody in government knows that, by the way. You know, when that prohibition was on, the big con to raise billions of dollars through black marketeering of booze back in the 1920s, uh, families like the Bromfmans, this Yiddish first whiskey man, by the way, went into the whiskey uh, industry, and when his brother, old, uh, when Sam's brother was charged with murdering a cop, I think it was in Canada, he said, oh, he'll get off with it. And the guy, the reporter says, how will he get off with it? And Sam Brockman says, he says, because I put every stinking politician in power. Nothing's changed. So it's described as the good club. It's a good club by one insider, including Rockefeller, Jr., the patriarch of America's wealthiest dynasty, Warren Buffett and George Soros, was made, he's a front man for Rothschilds. The financier is Michael Bloomberg. And by the way, George Soros had a half page in a British paper a few years ago where he and two buddies crashed the economy of Britain so they could reap massive har- uh, harvests on the stock market. And he and got away with it. There's no charges for that. There's nothing, there's no crime to do that. And he boasted about how he did it. So he's a philanthropist, you see. So it says here, the mayor of New York was there and the media moguls Ted Turner and Oprah Winfrey. The members, along with Gates, have given away more than £45 billion. Pounds. That's about $90 billion since 1996. Now, how could I or you or anybody out there who's trying to tell the people the truth compete with organizations that give out £45 billion pounds or $90 billion to their NGOs that are radical social political engineers. How can you come to see you can't? They own the system. And yes, they are secret societies. And Rockefeller himself gives out global citizenship awards. He's been doing it for years, well, long before anyone else heard about the global system. Is this mentioned in any parliament or anything? No. Well, how come this guy can mention things and push them and they come to be? And then they're backed up by governments. Remember the Rockefellers 
own the land. They gave it to the United Nations that the UN buildings are built on. They own it. So it says here, they gathered at the home of Sir Paul Nurse, a British Nobel Prize biochemist and president of the private Rockefeller University in Manhattan on May the 5th. The informal afternoon session was so discreet that some of the billionaire's aides were told they were at security briefings. Well, they are security briefings for the world system. They own the whole security systems as well. I'll be back with more after these messages. Gates, they agreed 
that overpopulation was a priority. That's their real goal. And if you trace their money that goes to the UN organizations, you'll find that that's where it goes to, sterilization, vasectomies, tubal ligations, and abortion. A political agenda. It says this could result in a challenge to some third world politicians who believe contraception and female education weaken traditional values. Well, you see, what they mean is uh, the people in the third world have noticed the mess the West is in where all these same things were introduced. And they don't want to go in the same direction. So that's what they're really all about. It's a political organization that you cannot compete with because if you can get 40 or 50 billion pounds or 90 billion dollars to pay your hundreds or thousands of non-governmental organizations and lobby groups, then you might have a chance to, to compete with them otherwise for whistling in the dark. They get instant access to media, to mainstream world media, instant access on anything that they open their mouths about. Can you do that? Of course you can't do that. They can get access to any politician, prime minister or president instantly. Can you do that? No. But the world they're bringing in is a totalitarian system because they run it on a sense and on the principles of secular humanism, that man is capable of doing anything. Therefore, since you're capable of doing anything in the right circumstances, you would all do the wrong thing. Therefore, you have to be steered by Big Brother, who must treat you as children and can never tell you the truth because you don't tell children the ultimate truths. That's as simple as it can be. Secular humanism is a system that they also used in the Soviet system as well. One person at one end of the country commits a crime, then you're all capable of committing this crime, therefore you ban this or you ban that. Collective punishment is called. And this article here ties right in with it. This is from the BBC News, 22nd of May. Camera grid to log number plates. Now we all know that they introduced it again Familiarize the public for, with cameras for a little while and give them some nice lie that it's only for, for, for crossing roads, etc., intersections, where there's occasional accidents. We'll have good proof of who caused it, etc. That's how every country in the world had this sold to them. But here's the real purpose. This is by Richard Bilton. The BBC has learned a national network of cameras monitoring Britain's roads will be in place within months. Will be in place within months. You think it's not already started and done, really? A national network of cameras. So it says that cameras and computers automatically logging car number plates will be in place within months. Thousands of automatic number plate recognition cameras are already operating on Britain's roads. This is going to be worldwide because they're doing it in Canada too. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. 
is cutting through the matrix, reading an article of how they're linking together all those CCTV cameras from city to city, town to town, into one giant system for the police to monitor every single person 24 hours a day on the roads. It says here, thousands of automatic number plate recognition cameras are already operating on Britain's road. Uh, police forces across England, Wales and Scotland will soon be able to share the information in one central computer. Officers say it's a useful tool in fighting crime, but critics say the network is secretive and unregulated. They had this planned when they first gave the cameras out to put on the, the crossroads, as I say. They knew where they were going at the very, before the public even saw the first camera go up. Because they had planned this century of change, this totalitarian century, was planned an awful long time ago. But you can't tell the children. Tell them it's for crossroads only. Let them get used to it. Then put more up and get used to that too. That's the Fabian way, you see. Adaptation. We're a great species for adapting to the ridiculous. Kent's chief constable, Michael Fuhrk, commented, we've seen an increase of some 40% of arrests since we've been using this technology. He's very confident that they're using it properly and responsibly and that innocent people have nothing to fear from the way we use it. I like how they always put that in innocent people, meaning if you're good, good means obeying all the laws and all the new laws that come out by the day. You see, how, how far can you bend? And that's what it means. And it doesn't matter how innocent you are and how good you are, you're breaking laws all the time and you don't even know it. They know it. If they want you and they're going to target you, they'll just pick one of them. I'll have to get those videos up on that ex-cop who's now a paralegal who tells you that the public are stupid, he says, because they blurt everything out that the cop wants to hear. And he tells you all the different reasons why the public are stupid. And he says we can follow anybody and make them fearful. They'll get, you know, you're getting followed by a cop. And you're going to make a mistake one way or another or swear to your car a little bit too left or too right, and that's enough to stop you. So be as good as you want. They're going to get you too. If they need the tickets that day, that's their quota. So a number of local councils are signing up the closed-circuit televisions at city and town. So they start them off in the cities, at crossroads, they spread out across the whole city, and then now they're doing the next part, which is amalgamation of all the systems into one. See how beautifully it all works out at the end, doesn't it? It says, so they're calling this the ANPR network, this combined system. As long as the cameras are technically good enough, they can be adapted to take the software. Of course they are, because they planned it all in advance. In towns such as Bradford, Portsmouth, and Luton, that means greater coverage for the police and more journeys captured and recorded. Like, I love the words, captured. John Dean, who is coordinating the ANPR network for the Association of Chief Police Officers. By the way, the Association of Chief Police Officers is the United Nations organization. A private organization, but all the chief police police belong to it. They've got their own TV network from the UN. It says it's the finest intelligence-led policing tool we've got, he says. It covers so many different areas from crime reduction, crime detection, to road safety, and everything in between. What would they do without roads, eh? You imagine the money they scoop in every day across the planet from roads. Incredibly. It says, but 
not everyone thinks it's such a good idea. John Catt found himself in the wrong side of the ANPR system. He regularly attends anti-war demonstrations outside a factory in Brighton, his hometown. It was one of these protests that Sussex police put a marker on his car, a marker. That meant he was added to a hot list. Oh, boy, this, this is better than the Soviet Union. You know, once this is all over, anyone that's left that they haven't killed can write amazing books about it. It says this is a system meant for the criminals, but John Catt has not been convicted of anything. And on a trip to London, the, pre- the pensioner found himself pulled over by an anti-terror unit. I was threatened under the Terrorist Act, had to answer every question they put to me, and if there were any questions I would refuse to answer, I would be arrested I thought to myself, what kind of world are we living in? Well, you know now, don't you? Sussex police would not talk about the case that's straight out of the Soviet Union. These public servants won't talk about it. The police say they don't know how many cameras there are in total, and they say that for operational reasons they will not say where the fixed cameras are positioned. By the way, they pass a law as well that they can actually put a chip in your car for tracking, a little magnetic one. You won't know anything about it. So they make anything legal. See, totalitarianism is legal. You simply make it legal. You pass a law to say this, is, this act is legal. That's what it is. Not bad, eh? Not bad at all. And I've been telling people in the U.S. about the socialized medicine, this wonderful factory system where you, you walk in and you grab a number, the big number. It's about, oh three inches by, or four inches by four. You're like a cow there. At least in the cows, they, they put it in your ear. You just stand and hold this thing. And you have your little number until you're called. And that might be that day, or they might tell you to come back the next day, or the doc may get called away from the clinics that they have, and uh, that's it. Come back sometime this week and start all over again. And they always tell you when they open in the morning so you can make a day of it. And then you meet some total stranger you'll never see again because they always replace him with another total stranger who has as much interest in you as Bill Gates has in the poor. And they know nothing about your medical history. And, but under the United Nations member, and we've all signed on to the UN, they're guaranteeing that every peasant will be guaranteed the minimal health care possible. That's in their charter. Go and read it. And socialized medicine is an authority, you see. It's not a service anymore, it's an authority. And they've got to get all these poison jabs into you. Knowing full well that a good percentage of the public, because of their genetic makeup, will react very badly to these shots and have autistic children or children who are completely allergic to everything and then there's a whole host of other syndromes and symptoms combined with it. But that's your problem for having defective mitochondrial DNA, you see. That's what they say. No jabs, no schools, says Labour MP. This is also from the BBC News. Children who have not received their vaccinations should not be allowed to start school, a Labour MP has suggested. Speaking in the left-wing Fabian Society magazine. <laughs> the Fabian Society magazine. Mary, a private organisation, remember. So this woman is also politician is also a member of this social, political, private organization that's funded by the big boys I just mentioned before. Mary Cray said the move would increase the uptake of the controversial 
MMR vaccine. Now they're going to force the people to take it. In the same article, public health expert Sir Sandy Makara suggested linking child benefits to vaccinations. In other words, if you don't have your child vaccinated, then you won't get your child benefits. I love how they use fairness and fair play, these people. The government says there's no plans to introduce compulsory vaccinations, but the rest of the story is almost a negation of the last statement. Because they're gonna. And in fact, in the States, they do. Some states. I know you can't get into the University of New York there unless you've all your, had all your shots. And they do check up on it. And if they can't find it, they'll take, make you take it. Not bad, eh? Totalitarianism. But as I say, what a harvest of information on the, the most ultimate totalitarian system ever to exist on the planet so that the few survivors can write these amazing books about it and how bad it was, way, way superior to the stories of the Gestapo in Germany or, or, or the KGB in Russia. This is way beyond that. This is, this is the real stuff, the real thing. And again, according to Plato, remember, in his Republic and all these monsters at the top, we played Plato, he was a sort of guiding force to them, with his book, The Republic, where they'd engineer people to, to be perfect slaves, and they would serve this master guardian class. Who are the guardian class? They're the ones who own the world, and it's their responsibility they deem to take care of everything in nature. And they'd have all the peasants down below, especially bred for special tasks. Today it's called genetic modification, or they might even call it enhancement. But he also mentioned that women would be a separate class for the military caste, he says. And women would be brought in to fight alongside the men in the same capacities. And hopefully they would stay together and they would breed, just like Hitler's master plan. They'd breed with each other to, to keep the, the, the military system going with the right stuff. BBC, women's front right line role reviewed. Ministers are to consider changing the rules limiting women's combat roles in the armed forces. The BBC has learned. A review will be launched to examine whether female soldiers should be included in units whose key role is to seek out and kill the enemy. The review is partly due to EU rules, economic union rules, on equality, which require reassessment of the issue every eight years. Minister of Defence said it has an open mind, but one former army chief said integration would harm operations. Today there have been seven women killed in Iraq and Afghanistan, which equates to 2% of the total fatalities. There are few roles in the military which remain off-limits to female personnel. They like them in torture, by the way. They are engaged in highly dangerous tasks, tasks such as flying attack helicopters, driving military convoys, and are often parts of foot patrol. As I said, they love to use them in torture against men. It's a psychological thing as well. Plus, it trains these women to get roles in movies, certain kinds of movies, when they go back home. They're apparently are very popular. But they are still forbidden from serving in what is known as close combat, that is fighting with units, mainly the infantry, whose key is to seek out, engage with, and kill enemy forces. So I'll put these links up, remember, at the end of the show on my website, and you can check them out for yourself. But um, I think there was a caller, and my satellite just dropped again, but I think it was a caller from New York. I should really take that now. And it's trying to come up on my site. There's Mike from New York. Are you there, Mike? Hi, Alan. Hello. Hi, how are you? Um, Alan, what's your take on this uh, 
on the Susan Boyle, B O Y L E. She's a, she's from Scot she's from Scotland and, and apparently won a talent show a few weeks back in the UK and ever since you can't uh, you can't look at any of the media w without hear, uh, hearing about her. She's been she's been on uh, Oprah, those inane morning shows. Her mug is on every magazine cover, etc. Mm -hmm. Now. Here's the interesting thing, and this is this is not to be uncharitable. She's kind of homely, and yeah. that's putting it mildly. Mm -hmm. And uh, accor according to those who uh, know about music and singing, she's she is not that particularly talented. Mm -hmm. uh, they say you could find a, a superior level of singing ability in in most church choirs. Yeah. So, what's the agenda? It's probably trying to get the public away from uh, this definition of of uh, beauty equals mm -hmm. talent, etc. I would imagine under some Equality Act somewhere they'd push some people forward. But the same thing happened in Canada about ten years ago with a woman. Yeah. Uh, the same types looked exactly the same, in fact. Yeah. And nice voice, but not startling. Yeah, um, be, yeah because you you have mentioned yourself in the past that. Uh, Nobody gets this level of publicity yeah. without a uh, nod and a wink. Yes. And, you know, to sort of, uh, uh, to assume, as they imply, that these these guys who are, who are running the talent shows uh, know nothing about the contestants beforehand is complete gibberish. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, well, these shows have been rigged. See, back in the 70s, they had the same kind of thing in Britain. Mm -hmm. In fact, this teen idol is really a copycat of the Huey Green Show. Correct, yeah. And yeah. the Huey Green Show went on for years. That's right. And yet, and yet yeah. the guys that they made number one all the time were pre-picked, like Roger Whittaker. I met him and sung with him many yeah. times. Uh, also, Tom Jones was, uh, yeah. was a winner. And also, uh, I believe... Engelbert Humperdinck. That's right. All these guys had their start there, and then yeah. it was disclosed about one or all oh, going for years. And it was disclosed yeah. that Huey Green was taking massive bribes from a source. Yeah, to yeah, push yeah. Certain yeah. people through, and and everything was rigged in advance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even Mary Hopkins went on there and started because Paul McCartney had wanted to back her, so he said, "Make her the winner." Okay, but um, yes, yes, I uh, agree with that. But to get back to this, this. Uh, the, the, this woman, mm -hmm. uh, as I say, she's not particularly attractive, you know, to look at. Yeah, you know, she's got a nice personality, but you know that I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what the agenda is on this. It will be something to do with a feminist agenda, where, where they're okay. claiming discrimination on looks, etc. Because the standard is, you know. part, okay, part of her shtick. When she first started out, uh, was that apparently she had never been kissed. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. And even the name, I mean, Jeremy will give you a new name that's, that's more, uh, more uh, hip, as they say, uh, uh, but they kept the same kind of very dull. In fact, there's a lot of jokes about, long before you heard of her, of the yeah. boil. You know, boil is a common joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Alan, I appreciate your input on that. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks, bye. Bye now. Yeah, they'll do that. They'll be under some feminist thing. To stop discrimination on looks, etc., for talent or skill or whatever. But stars are made. That's the real world. Like everything else up there, stars are made. And like your outfits are, are 
made for you to rebel in, with your hat backwards or your baggy pants or whatever it happens to be, or your skin, your, your leather jeans and your, your crew cuts for your skinheads, uh, these are all designed by the same people who give you your music, your movies, and your plays, the culture creator, uh, or creating industry, I should say. And there's Steve from Indiana. Are you there, Steve? Oh, that's a pleasure. Yes. Yeah, you brought back memories when you were talking about <clears throat> your mail. Yeah. About, about 30 years ago, I, I used to talk to uh, uh, Europe on a daily basis in the wintertime because of the radio conditions. Yeah. And I would ask the, the postmaster, so why, why is every single time I receive a, a you know QSL card that would be confirmation of the contact, it would always be open? And he says, oh, well, well, we're trying to make sure uh, they're not sending something that they shouldn't. And, yeah. And what, what I would always do is I would send them like, uh, oh, like a cent or a nickel or something like that. And I would always receive like some change from people like in Luxembourg, uh, Belgium, and uh, Liechtenstein. Mm-hmm. And what I couldn't figure out is why did they not confiscate the money? Yes. But, That's not what they were after. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I was a teenager, so I was, you know, uh, you know, uneducated and ignorant. I just didn't know. So I was going by what everybody else would tell me. And they're like, oh, well, they're, we're fighting the commies, and we got to make sure that uh, they're not doing something wrong. I, I, I figured you'd find that entertaining. Uh, yeah, it, is, it truly is amazing. And I say Peter Wright, who worked with MI5 in his book called Spycatcher, he tells you that the British Post Office was, since its inception, was doing this to keep track of all the data that people were passing to each other even before the Cold War. Right. It's data collection. Always has been. Back with more after these messages. is cutting through the matrix just to finish off what the last caller was talking about I think part of the purpose too of this uh, Susie Boyle phenomena is that they're telling you they can make anybody a star that's the other message their industry can make anybody a star they made Obama one where personality cults PR guys Hollywood staff to give a whole persona mm. none of it will be real and we believe it. Most people believe it. They think he is the family man in perfect. And so this is all PR and how you create a personality, a completely fictitious personality, and sell it to the public. <clears throat> and any actor would do. Any actor would do. It's the same thing with the music industry. I've seen guys uh, picked out to be stars. I've seen guys sign contracts with three hits in advance that they'd have written for them. Guaranteed hits, and that would be a contract finished with. I've seen uh, the artists that drew up the costumery they'd wear for their gimmickry um, before they picked the artists out of uh, lineups who would apply for them. That's how it really works. And sometimes they'll use bands here and there who are so naive and young, they literally allow their managers to take over everything and the recording, the, 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 the um, their record companies to take them over, and they end, they end up with nothing at the end. Nothing at all. Mm. Broke. That's the reality of the, of the world. If they'll use you and abuse you and throw you out to dry, as simple as that, or make anybody a star. I remember two years ago when the punk rock was really coming in, there were guys from Eton and Cambridge and so on uh, getting special lessons to talk, to talk the Cockney accent 
and their dads had put up massive money to make them stars, and, and they did. They were all made into stars. Uh, so they were EastEnders. Uh, that's how they made them out to be. But these guys came from incredibly wealthy families, and the money was, to, was there to back them. They had the contacts, and they were, they were made stars. There was one, the first group that really came out and did that was called Marmalade, and they had two or three hits in a row. One was Rainbow Valley. They, they wrote none of them themselves. It was all professionals who wrote it for them. None of them played any instrument on the records, but they mimed on stage with Top of the Pops. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't until they made the three hits that their father came out and says, yeah, I, I, I bought them into number one status, he says. And, and then they, they told them the truth. None of them could sing. Uh, they had even brought other singers in to help make the music. And um, it was all recorded. It was all professional like guitarists and so on and drummers they brought into the studios. And that's how fake the whole industry truly is. Yeah. Simple as that. But now we'll go to Rachel from North Carolina. If she's there, is Rachel there? Hi, I'm here. Yes. Hi, Alan. Hello. Nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? Uh, uh, good. I realize all my topics are off topic. Yes. <laughs> but um, I thought I would um, just call in. Um, I noticed a long time ago I talked to you and I... I was very depressed because at first it seemed like people just weren't getting it, and the more people I talked to, they they just weren't getting it, and I was probably very manic about how I was telling them. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to you, and you said, you know, you got to get together the documents and and really just lay it out to them over and over again. And I do notice now that a lot of the Christians and the veterans are mm-hmm. kind of getting it. Yeah. And um, I guess uh, I hear the music, but um. In fact, I did get one pastor to show Endgame, that um, Alex Jones film, at his Bible study. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, And he was also in the Gulf War, and he was talking about how they were were forcing them to take drugs or drugs back then. I've got amazing articles here I'll be reading tomorrow about that, in fact, yeah. But thanks for calling, Rachel, and you're doing your bit for sure. That's how it can be done. We can't compete with the billions, but we can certainly put many people out there to compete with the oratory. From Hamish to myself, from Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.